Welcome to another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable. This is the month of June, and we are your hosts. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. And we can't wait to talk about what is coming up this month. So, uh, Patrick, why don't we get things kicked off by talking a little bit about what's happened in our lives over the last several weeks. Oh, man. Yeah, go ahead. It's been a long, crazy month. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, we didn't do one of these episodes in the month of May um, because of how crazy May was. We kept trying to get one in the can, as it were, um, but it just ended up not working out over and over again because it's been such a crazy month. Um, and the honestly, the month of June, it seems like it's going to be shaping up to also be just as crazy. So uh, buckle up, Buttercup, because it's going to be Yeah, nuts. no kidding. We have to... We uh i obviously want to release more episodes and and podcasts and all that kind of stuff i'm gonna be gone for three of the next four weeks uh so but one very exciting part i'm just gonna take this from you because it kind of sounds like you're just going yeah you're doing a terrible job i've got this but one of the exciting things i'll get to do is actually tour uh winterfell which i'm really pumped about we just saw the um well i mean we just saw the end of game of thrones um it's called a finale yeah uh, but I'll get to go and and uh, and uh, you know see the spot, go to Belfast, and uh, get to see several of the filming locations, which will be very exciting. It'll I, I love when things that you follow extend into your real life. I just think that's such a cool moment. You know, it's like watching a documentary about a band and then seeing the band in person. Um, I just uh, or you know meeting. Did you say Andrew. seeing an abandoned person? <laughs> Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I only talk about happy things when podcasting. I love seeing abandoned people. Um, there was so uh, there was a very cool experience for me this past month, which is that I got to commission a print and actually see all the the different processes that go into it. So it's it's great. We we talk to artists on the show all the time, and and uh, and so I I kind of know all these phrases and concepts and ideas, but. I, it's not I don't get to commission prints in my in my daily life and so to get to be a part of that process was uh, and to work with someone that that we both really love to get to work with Blake Stevenson aka Jetpacks and Roller Skates it's been a really really fun experience and so I'm excited for that to be in the world it's it's heading to the printer in like two weeks and then shortly after that I'll get to hold the first one in my hand and, and that's been a uh, it's been a really fun thing to be a part of. Yeah, it's been cool to just see the behind the scenes of it, even from this vantage point. Yeah, again, extending these digital concepts into real life. Uh, so that that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, beyond that, uh, it's really been a lot of preparing for just a bunch of travel. That that's what's been going on over here. I will talk about one game real quick before I throw it to you. I work with a lot of people that are from other countries, and so I get exposed to things that I know nothing about. And one of these things is the game Cube, and it looked good, and so I went ahead and uh, bought a set. Amazon uh, magically got it here uh, today. That's the the times we're living in, and I just want to show these pieces off real quick. So this is kind of like horseshoes mixed with bowling, it's it, everything is like wooden blocks and you have to use these wooden batons to like knock down these other uh your your opponent's blocks. But let me show these to you. I did get the regulation size uh which means it's super heavy. So this is one of the batons. Much larger than I thought it would be. Uh it's uh Yeah, it's a big old wooden dowel like uh inch thick wooden dowel. 
I think it might be. I think it's more than an inch. Thick. Inch and a quarter. It's uh, it's a pretty big wooden dowel. This could uh, super knock someone out. Yeah, probably inch and a half actually. Now that I'm kind of looking at it, that's. It looks like uh, like kids' toys, like if you have any of just like those plain wooden blocks. Yeah, so these aren't painted. We should paint these, by the way. That's what we should do. And then these are the little towers you knock down from your opponents. Oh, those are cool. They're just they're just rectangular uh, wooden towers, but they have they're uh, engraved with like a ship on them, like a Viking ship. Yeah, this one. So this one because I uh, this game's. Let's see. It started in Norway, I believe. So I think this that is some type checks of... checks out. This is just a callback. But um, anyway, so you're you're throwing these to try to knock over your opponent's blocks. Uh, the the play area is eight. Uh, uh, what is it? I think it's eight meters. The problem is it's in it's in Norwich. Uh, just kidding. It's metric. So like I don't know what these are. We'll have to figure it out and walk it out. But the point is it's a pretty big play area. Uh, I was I was saying this morning. It's uh, imagine like the width of like a two lane road. Like that seems to be the size of the play area that you play in. Uh, but I'm super excited for it. So going to be trying that out tonight before uh, I board a plane tomorrow to start my first trip. So that's just something about me in this past month, Andrew. What's going on with you? So I've been doing a lot of um, running, as you have also been a part of in these last uh, several weeks. But two of the things that I've been able to do in conjunction with the Game of Thrones, um, so I'm I'm in training right now for a half marathon, and with Game of Thrones ending, I was informed of this company that does these virtual races where you can do, um, where you can you run on your own, you do your own path, uh, as long as you're using some sort of tracking software that that is compatible with it, you can. Uh, do your own 5K, 10K, half marathon, whatever. You can choose the different races and you get, you register for it. You can get a race bib and you get the medal and everything, but you just don't go to a physical running location, which is cool. It's honestly a super smart business practice for them because they don't have to pay for any event setup or permitting or anything like that. They're just creating the medals and everything else is just totally digital. So it's, it's pretty smart. Um, but anyway, they had two game of Thrones themed five K's this past month. Um, and both of us got to participate in, and I'm wearing both of my finisher medals right now. I have been for the last, so I thought we were going to start recording much sooner than we actually did. And now my <laughs> neck hurts from wearing these. Um, you've seen them cause you have them. So I honestly don't even know why I'm wearing them, <laughs> but, um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll have seen these already, but they are super, super cool. The first one is the um, put on, what is it? Uh, what the heck was the name of the first one? What's the dragon one called? No one knows. The dragon one is... You literally have it on your neck. What are you talking about? It Just... doesn't say. It doesn't say what it is. It doesn't have the name of it, I don't think. Let me see. Oh, yeah, it's on the inside. It's the, the dragon within race. And go. so for this one, I did it as, the, as a half marathon, um, so 13.1 miles, but it's, it's a, like a solid, uh, like metal box. It looks like the box that the, the eggs from, if you follow Game of Thrones, the eggs that, uh, Daenerys was gifted back in season one, it looks like that with like an engraving on top with, so the name of the company is Virtual Strides. So there's a V and an S emblazoned on the top with a dragon and it looks like it's a wood case and then you open it up it's magnetically sealed and inside it's felt lined with three um three-dimensional uh different colored like 
sparkly dragon eggs. Um, and it is super cool. It's very, very heavy. <laughs> this one is is legit heavy. And then the other one, the one that we just did uh, for the finale weekend, we ran, um, it, it was the, the Bend the Knee uh, 5K. And so for this one, it was it, 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 the metal itself is a three-dimensional um, or more like two-and-a-half-dimensional throne like iron throne from game of thrones says bend the knee underneath and then there's a sword in the back that is sheathed it is john snow's um i can't remember the name of it it's like claw i can't remember the name right now but um john snow's sword is sheathed behind it and you can unsheath it and there's a full-on tiny little sword that is attached to uh, to this metal, and so it is super, super cool. So anyway, these virtual races are are great if you want to, um, if you find yourself wanting to to get more involved in running or doing these kinds of races, and you love the hardware that comes along with it, but you can't always get out to these places where they do races um, all around the country or all around the world. Virtual race is a great way to kind of get around that. You do it on your own time, um, but it is you still get to be a part of like the larger community. So um, I'm going to talk about a couple more virtual races here in a couple minutes when we talk about art and design stuff. But that was one of like the main things that's been going on for me the last uh, several weeks, as well as seeing some movies and doing some fun stuff. Um, Patrick, do you want me to just go ahead and start talking about movies? Do it. Although... I want to say this, Virtual Strides, whoever had the idea for like, I don't know who came first with the idea of the digital 5K. Uh, awesome idea. And yeah. second little anecdote, the first time I ran a race, I almost got sick to my stomach uh, because the amount of A, pasta carbonara I ate, but <laughs> B, because when you, when you look in front of you and you just see a sea of heads bobbing up and down, not in time... Like, for whatever reason, seeing that made me, like, totally sick to my stomach. Oh, you mean, like, the first time you did a real, like, not virtual not race? The virtual, like so real... I'm saying Virtual Strides has solved that issue for me because I'm out there with, like, two other people. But I'm saying the first time I ran an actual race downtown Atlanta, like, down Peachtree, just crazy nauseous from the sea of heads bobbing up and down. Yeah. I don't know if that's, I... like, a common view because, like, I'm tall so I would. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe other people. Don't I would have imagine, that, but hated it. Hated. But then it. it's just the constant sea of bobbing bodies. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Um, so, so then I was able to see several movies this this month. I will talk about one. Um, if you haven't been listening to the after the film episodes, we've been churning out quite a bit of those. Patrick has been releasing quite a bit of those in these last uh, two months. So we're not going to talk about any of the ones that we've talked about there. But if you want to hear about Pet Cemetery and you want to hear about Endgame and you want to hear about um, John, Wick. John Wick 3 or... Uh, there was one other one, Detective Pikachu. If you want to hear about any of those, go listen to those episodes. They're quick listens, and uh, they're a lot of fun, so go go check those out. But one that we're not doing for for after the film is Aladdin, and I got a chance to go see Aladdin um, the opening weekend, and it was so much fun. I know there's been a lot of talk about this film, especially prior to it coming out, a lot of issues being brought up about the genie specifically and, and various other things. We've talked about those on the show. The film was legitimately very, very good. It took me about 15 minutes to kind of get into the rhythm of not comparing it. 
and allowing the film to be its own film. And once I got into the into that world, I really, really liked what Guy Ritchie was doing with the film. I thought he took some really, really cool um, artistic freedom, but then also kept a lot of the things that we loved about the original. I loved the acting. And honestly, the best part about this whole movie was Will Smith as the genie. And I was thinking about it afterwards, and we were kind of dialoguing about it a little bit afterwards with a few people. And... If even if Robin Williams were still alive, I don't think he would have or should have been cast as the reprisal of Genie in this new film. Just given the whole vibe of the new film, um, it made sense to go a different direction anyway. And Will Smith absolutely was the best choice they could have made for it. Um, I you might completely disagree with this thought and with this review, but um, you're not on a microphone right now, so <laughs> it's I would give the film an eight and a half. Um, and, uh, that's saying something. I think, um, I love the original. I think this one, um, does a lot to, it, it adds to the world of it without taking anything away. And so I would 100% recommend going to see this film while it's in theaters, um, because visually it is very stunning. It's a lot of fun. Um, and that's my, uh, my, you know, 50 second review. You on know, it. there's a great art. So I haven't seen the film yet, but there's a great article on Vox about the, kind of the obstacles that Disney had to overcome to make this film. So uh, when it comes to uh, like social, cultural uh, obstacles, and it gave me a, uh, a different perspective on it, and it actually made me more excited to see the film. And um, it made me have a bit more respect for, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. So uh, I would say see, search out that article and and give it a read. You know, I'm I I I, I think that the the what they did culturally with it and you told me about this article and I was it put into words a little bit what I was trying to describe. This this film does a really good job of framing it as if it's a Middle Eastern film. Um in a way that I think people will will find as conflicting with the original, but once you read once you read that article, you'll understand why the original <laughs> Um, maybe doesn't, maybe hearkening back to the original would be less culturally relevant than actually paving its own road for this new one. So it's, it's something to definitely take in, take in. Um, I don't know if I would read it prior to the movie, but definitely after the film, um, give that article a read and it might put a lot of stuff into perspective for you. It's great to have context, uh, outside of yourself. I mean, it's, that's uh, one of the things I feel like I've just been learning over and over this past year is is the importance of uh, understanding or, or at least um, trying to understand uh, the the challenges uh, or or the 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 lens through which other people view things and the context other people bring to things and and I think it it makes the whole experience much richer if you can do that. Um, all right, the movie I'll talk about is well Booksmart. Got the chance to see that on opening night. It's the film directed by Olivia Wilde, starring two no-name people who are probably in TV shows that I don't watch. Uh, de- de- one of them is definitely on a TV show. Yeah, so yes. it, it's uh, really it's a female version of Superbad. I mean, it's it's all the exact same beats. Um, I said the name's Booksmart, didn't I say that? I had yep. this like moment where I didn't remember if I said it. it. It's all the same beats as a uh, uh, a female Superbad. That. I, that is not a complaint by me. That is, uh, I, I am recognizing that because 
that affected my viewing experience because I've already seen Superbad. You know, I I think the first kind of last high school hurrah before we go off to college, and I think the first one I remember was watching, um, uh, is it Can't Hardly Wait? That's not right, is it? Yes, that's one of them. It's one of the ones that you've referenced in talking about this with me off air. So I always, yes, it's can't hardly wait. That's exactly the one <laughs> I always get. I always want to confuse that with another film title. And so I get them like, it's, I don't know. The film title sounds like more of like a rom-com and it throws me off. Uh, first one I saw was can't hardly wait. That's kind of like my first uh, experience in that genre. And then, but I think the, the one that most people are going to know or, or have seen or relate to would be super bad. And so be, because I'd already seen those films, it just steals the thunder from Booksmart. It's it's not to say Booksmart isn't a good film. In fact, it's a very good film. I think the the not only are the two leading ladies great, but all the other people that are cast in the film. I mean, there's a, a lot of really fun people you get to be around, and um and I'm sure that the personalities would make a lot of sense if you're in high school now or if you recently graduated. Like I'm sure you could match everyone up with in your own friend group those friend groups do change slightly. And so I wasn't able to relate as much to these people as I was into, again, like a film like Superbad. And again, I've already experienced the film. I've already seen, I've already, already like seen all these beats and all these moments. And, and so it, it was almost kind of like having it spoiled for you before you went in. So anyway, it did take away from my enjoyment a bit. It did, it did steal a bit of thunder from the the jokes and things like that. So for me, it wasn't a, a super, you know, punchy film. Uh, but would you say it stole the thunder from Down Under? From my Down Under, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh god, I the all male the all male review from Australia is what I was referencing. Thunder from Down Under? You seriously don't know who Thunder from Down Under is? Yes, I know, but I'm just trying to think of other witty things to say, and I just can't. (laughs) So you just go blank. Yeah, well, (laughs) you know, I don't want to just talk aimlessly. I was thinking something might come to me, and then I'll just cut out that dead space. Now Ah. now I'm just going to leave it all in. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it's it's what Luke would do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I should cut that out or not. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, I, I didn't care very much for the film. I mean, it, it for me, it was probably like a, a six sitting through it. Uh, however, if you haven't seen Superbad, or if you recently graduated, this is probably going to be a really, really fun film to watch. Uh, it did terribly at the box office. It, it brought in, I think, $9 million its opening weekend. Uh, in comparison, Superbad brought in $33 million its opening weekend. Uh, up to today, I think it's estimated it's brought in about 12 million in total. So it looks like the, the film is going to be a, a pretty big flop. Um, again, in comparison, super bad over the course of its run brought in 120 million. Now I'm guessing that the film will have a lot of life on a service like Netflix or something like that after the fact. So it's not to say that the film won't end up being a big moneymaker for the studio, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a moneymaker in the box office. Um, but again, don't let that deter you. And I'm not making any comments about female-led films versus male-led films or female. Well, I was going to say if you if you are if you are a female persuasion, if you are a girl, would you appreciate this film more? Do you think? No, I I think everyone will appreciate it equally. That's how I feel about it. I like I don't think there were female inside jokes that I didn't get. I'll also say I'm married, so maybe if you're not married or in a serious relationship, maybe there are. I don't know. Um, maybe. 
But maybe the jokes are just too young for you now. They've, they're flying over your old head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's. Uh, I, I guess the point I wanted to make is that this is not some anti-female bias that's coming from me. It's just that maybe we can only handle one of these films every like 10 years. Like maybe that's the healthy cadence for this film in order that like people get their first can't hardly wait or their first super bad or whatever. So this is not mine. I already had mine. Sure. This will be someone else's. So sure. Um, okay. Okay. Can I talk, can I, can I transition us then to TV? Do it. Yeah, sure. Because we've been watching some serious TV over the month of, uh, may and starting in june we are finishing out a very big series yeah absolutely the number one rated show on imdb right now chernobyl oh it's great so this show um is a show about uh the historic event that happened in chernobyl chernobyl would be what what is the actual name of the of the nuclear power plant do you remember? The actual name is the something I Lenin something institution. Yeah. But the city it's in is Pripyat. That's the city. Yeah. And then they refer to the power plant as Chernobyl. Yeah. So if you're familiar at all with that historic event that happened um, where this something happened, we don't even actually fully know for sure what happened, but um, the nuclear reactor, the core, uh, exploded and lots of really, really bad things uh, then transpired over the the coming days, weeks, and months. And to the point where Chernobyl is still, um, in a lot of ways, a, like a no, like a no go. Yeah, like it's, it's still a like radiated zone. It's you still can't enter the area, even though the sarcophagus is in place over the uh, over the old reactor. And and there and the sarcophagus is like like thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of cement. Well, that's what you mean by sarcophagus. No, no, so yeah. they they have built a a rounded shelter, a steel-framed rounded shelter that like has slid over the exposed oh. um reactor. So like in- and inside of it are I don't think they've installed them yet or they've they're I don't know if they're operational yet. They might be. They have these like robots installed that are like disassembling the reactor and like like dismantling it. So I didn't even know that. So yeah, it's I have crazy. Oh, so I we started watching this show, and if uh, if I like something, I just want to read as much as I can about it. And so I've been watching. Yeah, these, to the like, point <laughs> where he read the he read spoilers for the final two episodes of Game of Thrones because he's a crazy person. Yeah. So I'm gonna be an RBMK reactor technician before this is over. Um, but I, I was watching some Nova documentary that was talking about like this big sarcophagus thing they built over and like how it's all going to function. It's, it's all fascinating, but the show itself is, is really doing an incredible job of, of being true to history. Uh, there are, I mean, there are things I can point out that are not true, but I totally understand from a, a show making standpoint, why they made the decisions they made. And so I don't see those as mistakes or turnoffs. I think, you it needs to be captivating because you're you get to tell this story make a lot of people aware of it and it also needs to fit in a format that makes sense for tv and so i yeah it makes sense anyway sorry continue i no i I was just i was just gonna say exactly that i think the show is is incredibly well done um i don't know as much of of like the rich history of it but they they do these little it's on hbo if we didn't if we didn't say that yet um and they do these little vignettes at the end of each episode much like they do with all of their other shows which i love now i love these like little inside the episode like little looks um and just to hear 
where like the the decisions and and the the storytelling and all that stuff kind of comes together is is very fascinating. The show is incredibly well done, and like you said, it's like the highest rated show on IMDb of history. Yeah, it's it's the highest rated. It's a nine point seven out of ten or something like that. If nothing else, that that should give you reason to watch the first. Do you know episode, what show? Right? Give it a chance. Do you know what number two and number three is? There's no way to know. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is number three. So, number three. So number two would be. Oh, I'm gonna say Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Breaking Bad is number two. Ooh, so it is. It is in good company. Yeah, it's in. It's in very so, good company. Um, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that. Chernobyl, just a fascinating show. If you don't know about the disaster, that's fine. If you start the show and you're completely in the dark, that's fine. What What's happening? And if you start the show and you're fine to stay in the dark, besides what the show is doing, that's me. You're still fine. That's fine because <laughs> what's going to happen? At least the way they've set it up going into the finale, which is airing tonight is that they are actually going to use the episode to walk through minute by minute of the events that transpired that created the accident. And so the, sh- the show starts, the, the first scene in the show is where the show is going to end. Yes. So it, sh- it starts there, then it jumps back to the moment that people are aware of it, so the moment the disaster happens. We've kind of walked through the aftermath of, dis- of the disaster, and now we're going to jump back and actually understand what triggered the disaster. That that's kind of the things yes. that are happening. And so, it's okay to feel like you don't know why graphite's important. That's fine. It will get there. It just might not get there until you get to the to episode five to the finale. Yeah. Just stick with it. So don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. You don't need to go read stuff about it. But it's still cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Okay. Anything else on the TV front that we want to mention that's coming up in the month of June? I. Uh, just the only thing I'll say, I've been thinking about this a lot. I am so excited for HBO's schedule right now. There's just some incredible, what's it called? The Is it the Mighty Gemstones or something like that? Just, uh, I don't know. I know uh, on, I don't know if it's, it, it's not HBO, but Swamp Thing comes out this month. Um, I think it, the first thing, is, it starts this weekend, I believe. Um so that's a big one. So if you're a big fan of of Swamp Thing, if you remember that old TV show and the comic book, uh, he is back with a vengeance. And so that's this month. I don't know which one you're talking so about. So the Righteous Gemstones, not the Mighty. Oh, the Righteous, the righteous yes. Gemstones. It's weird okay, that that's you the, know the word Righteous, but you couldn't sub the word Mighty. It's fine. Uh, the word Righteous is what com- communicates that it's the televangelist people. Oh, I thought Gemstones, since I'm pretty sure that's their last name. Anyway... Uh, it is a show with Danny McBride, John Goodman, and Edi Patterson, uh, and other people. Adam Devine, uh, Cassidy Freeman. There's a ton of people. And- Do you mean Adam Levine? Nope. I meant Adam uh, oh, okay. Devine, and uh, it looks great. It's a show about the Gemstone family. It's some type of, like, yeah, televangelist, mega pastor, and um, it looks... And his family. Incredibly irreverent and incredibly funny. I can't wait. Super pumped. Between that, Sharp Objects, uh, what is it? Barry. Uh, yeah. I, I know oh Barry just ended if you haven't watched season, it. but just it's so good. HBO, HBO is knocking it out of the park right now. Great. So, okay, I'm going to transition into toys and games. Uh, That's I only great. have Do one it. to bring to you, and that is Super Plastic, and I'm going to tell you why I didn't back 
Janky Series 2. So if you're not familiar with it, Superplastic is a company. It is the the love child of Paul Budnitz and Huck G. Uh, Paul Budnitz is a serial entrepreneur. These are both people we've had on the show before, so if you go to our archive and search, you can find the episodes. But Paul Budnitz is a serial entrepreneur. He's started several businesses that you may or may not have heard of, and he's had several levels of success with them. And then you have Huck G, who is... Um, I mean, he's kind the of, grandfather of yeah, kind of like uh, Mister Vinyl toys. Toy. I don't know yeah. what how else to refer to him, but very well known, respected uh, toy maker. And so Huck G actually decided to stop selling toys through his own shop. I mean, he said he was done with it, and uh, he he hung it up. I I in fact, I want to say he said he was basically not making the money he needed to make, and he was. Yeah. It just wasn't. The, it wasn't worth the investment that he was putting in personally because he was doing everything by hand. Yeah, and so he was going to go find a creative director job for some company, go work for someone else, and cash a check, and and like that's great. Totally understand it. And the fact that um, he could allow himself to, ma- I think it's a very mature decision for someone to make. Uh, all, but it's also really surprising because it's kind of like if if Huck can't make this work, then who can make it work, right? Right. So uh, Huck and Paul, they've known each other. They've worked together in the past, um, especially around Kid Robot uh, back in the day. And, uh, and so they came together and started Super Plastic. Now, to be clear, Super Plastic is not a toy company. Super Plastic is just some it's a modern company. lifestyle store. Yeah. And they are selling toys now, but it could be board games and it puzzles and it could be t-shirts and... Well, I mean, they do, I, they do sell apparel as well now. Yeah, and for so. all I know, they're going to buy out Tesla when Tesla hits $140 a share, and they'll start selling Teslas. I don't. Yeah. It's not a toy company. They're making toys. Designer though. So, Teslas. Yes. So they have the, the first series, Series 1 on Kickstarter, just did great. for The Janky Series 1, Janky's the toy line, uh, the platform, uh, did absolutely great, and I did back that. In fact, you and I both backed that. Yeah, I have uh, a whole set of them sitting on my desk right in front of me, right behind my computer, actually. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I, I think the toys are really cool, and the, and the thing is, Huck and Paul know what they're doing. They know all the artists. They've been in the industry. They know how to get stuff made, and so from day one, this is quality that, that rivals anybody else, and in fact, I would say it's better quality than some of the guys out there, the loyal subjects. Uh, I know you were going to wow. add it in if I didn't. Wow. I was I have, not. I was going to let that one roll, but you really nah, just I don't, c- coming out I, swinging. I'm getting older, so I'm starting to care less and less. So anyway, they made 550000 on their first series. Great. They just had their second series. It just wrapped, oh man, I think within the last 24 to 48 yeah, hours. It was less than 24 hours ago. Very successful, $470,000. Not quite as much as Series 1, but... None of those dollars were from Patrick. Tell me why. Yeah, so here's the deal. Initially, I was going to back at a big tier. I had a $600... I want one of everything. One of everything backing. The way they did this in the last campaign, it was a limited number. When they ran out of those, they ran out of those. And... Uh, and it was a super good value, and I knew what the value was in the last campaign. So going into this one, I didn't even entertain the other ones. I just said, I'll put up the 600 bucks, I'll just get all the stuff, and then I'll either like sell some to friends, uh, you know, s- compete with like Girl Scouts and like sell at Walmart or something like that, Naturally. or I'll just, just keep them. Yeah, whatever. because cause if, if anyone needs to be put in their place, it's the Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah, they, way too aggressive. So 
I was backing it, and then I started doing the numbers on it, and their releases were seemed much more. I say this as both a compliment and not a compliment. All the release schedules seemed super planned out this time. Like in the last one, it was almost this: uh, we didn't expect this to happen, and we'll just we'll just throw something else in, or yeah. we just found this, you know, under Huck's bed. Let's add that to the pot. <sighs> It was this very exciting, organic thing that was happening. And this time, kind of felt like it didn't matter if they made 500,000 or 100,000. They already knew when they were going to drop the new toys and what the toys were. And and so there's a little bit of that magic gone. On top of that, these tiers were not locked quantities. So what they would do is if it would start to get within like 20 toys of hitting the max, they would bump the max up by another 20 toys. So That is a quick way to lose Patrick. Because Patrick is all about exclusivity. Absolutely. So they kept they kept bumping up the caps on those. So none of the tiers weren't like selling out. It the releases did not feel very generous magical. or magical. Um, the toys they released, if you remember the last campaign, almost everything had an addition size attached to it. This campaign, only like two things have an addition size attached to it. So again. I like these toys because of the collectability, and that's kind of pulling that down. And then I did the the numbers, okay? So I, I went through here, $600 tier. I went through here and added the stuff up. I said, okay, you have two of the largest ones. Well, I can go through the add-on prices uh, and see what they are. The The largest ones are $75 a piece. There's two different ones. That's $150, okay? For the um, the eight inches, they have uh, three of those at sixty five a piece. Well, that's one hundred ninety five. So I can add one hundred ninety five and one hundred and fifty, and that's going to be three hundred forty five. Yes. All right. It comes with a case of twenty four. Case of twenty four is two hundred and ten. So that brings us up to five hundred fifty five. Correct. Yep. And so then, far, your math is good. And then it comes with the little like king jankies. There's two of them, right? They did add a third one. Okay. There's the, chi- little, there's the chicken suit. The chicken suit. There's the storm one, which was an early King Janky. And then there's the King Janky. Those are 20 piece at 60. That brings us up to $615. And then after that, there's two pair of shoes. And the pair of shoes you add on for one penny and $3. And here's the thing. Even at the $600 tier, you still had to add on a penny to get the pair of shoes. You so better it's $600 and one penny. I don't, I don't know how to explain how annoyed that made me. Like, I, it's a penny, okay? Like, we, we shouldn't even have them as U.S. currency because it costs more to make them than a penny. Like, is that actually true, though? It is true. They are a useless form of currency. What I'm saying is we don't, we're not making new ones, though, are we? Are there 2019 pennies? I, don't I think we, we've, di- we've I don't diverted. Know. We've diverted from the topic at this point. <laughs> so it is a useless, valueless piece of currency, practically, and yet, the fact that I had pledged for the everything tier, and it didn't come with everything, oh my gosh, that just com- that was like punching me in the heart. Even if it was, even if you had an eight hundred dollar value for six hundred and one penny, you wouldn't have done it because it wasn't. I still everything. would have been annoyed. I know. <laughs> if it was eight hundred dollars of value for six hundred bucks, I still probably would have done it, but I would have still complained about this. But the fact that it's not, it's at most six hundred and twenty bucks, and I think that's a bit debatable because. One of them was just thrown in if you backed in the first couple of days. Well, that's listed in my tier as a perk. When I just get the perk by default in any tier, 
So I'm tempted to subtract that twenty bucks, and then it's five hundred ninety-five dollars. It's six hundred. Yeah, it's six hundred bucks for six hundred bucks. That's not value. I don't. I don't know how, why we think that's. That's all. That's your biggest. That's your biggest issue with with loyal subjects too. I'm not go back pay. a few years ago and find that one in the archive. Just don't sell me on this like big tier. It, it's I don't know. It just really frustrated me. The the thing frustrated like. Maybe the idea is like, well, instead of having to add 10 things to your cart, you can add one thing to your cart. But that's not what we had last year. Last year, we had these really valuable packages that a few people could grab. And it was the people that were willing to just willing to put up the money and show support. I mean, that's the thing with Kickstarter, right? You're looking for people to, to invest uh, in your project. And, uh, and I wanted to do that. And then I just realized like, no, it it just I don't know. It it just I I went through all the reasons in my head and then it felt like I wasn't getting value. I may have been overpaying slightly and so I just didn't want anymore. So yeah. I I pulled my pledge uh a few days ago and uh, and I'm fine with it. Life went on. I slept great last night. It's all good. So not going to back it. But anyway, so that that's my uh, toy super. If you did back it, they're great quality toys. I'm not complaining oh, about yeah. the quality of the well, toys. That's, that's what I, I, wanna, I want to circle back around to this. We 100% believe in what Super Plastic is doing. Their product is fantastic, and we love both of the, the owners. We love both of the creators. Oh, if yeah. I mean, they we would consider them uh, podcast family. Uh, it's just for you this time around, it, the, the value didn't measure up to what you were expecting and then you, i would you pay eight dollars and a penny to buy huck g a beer or to buy paul budnitz a beer it's just and that again what you just said the toys are fantastic the artists are fantastic the designs are fantastic huck and paul are fantastic but i just got really bummed out on that pledged here and i pulled the plug and that, my friends, is how fickle Patrick is. Um, that, we're going to have a whole segment now called, uh, just called The Fickleness of Patrick. Um, all right, so let's... Someone you, make a Kickstarter, put one toy on there for 600 bucks, and then send me a link to it. Make it a one-on-one. Yeah. But that, is that is a way to Patrick's heart. Exclusivity. I've learned that. All right, um, as far as games are concerned, so that was, a, that was some toy stuff, some games... Uh, I got a game from my friend Austin the other day called Ratland. It's here in my hands. I'm showing you, Patrick, but you've seen it. I have. Um, it's still in the plastic. I haven't unwrapped it yet, but I have played a copy of this game. Uh, one time, it's by Eclipse Editorial. That's the game maker for it. It's a really interesting game. It's two to six players. Um, takes about 45 minutes to play. Um, it, it's like a, a secret. It's not secret identity. Everyone's trying to accomplish... Um, one of a few different like objectives and you have like these, these little secret barriers so you can wager your cheese or you put mice. I can't remember if it's cheese or mice. You have cheese and mice, but like, I think you, you put a certain number of mice that you have in these different areas. You assign them to different areas in the sewer and, um, and that's the that's the best I can describe this game. It actually was pretty fun uh, when we played it. If you've played games like Grimm's Forest, that game you played that Patrick, yeah, Grimm's yeah. Forest. It's a lot like that where everyone's trying to decide in secret what they're going to do, and then they reveal it all at the same time, and then you have to kind of respond to what everybody else is trying to do. So people are stepping over each other, and some rats are trying to go to the same place where other rats are trying to go, and 
conflict ensues there. So that's kind of the idea behind it. Uh, it's really fun, super quick play, um, or I'd say moderate, moderate quick play. And uh, you only have to be eight years old and older to play it. So it'd be a good, fun family game. Um, the artwork on it is pretty fun. It's not my favorite, but it is pretty good. And uh, the quality of the pieces is also uh, pretty good. So go check out Ratland if you're into that. Um, as far as design stuff is concerned, I want to take this second. I know this isn't technically a game, although we've talked about gamifying fitness and various things like that. Um, we we talked about these virtual races at the beginning of the at the beginning of the episode. Um, we are doing these virtual races with Disney with through Run Disney right now, which is their summer series. So G, uh, June, July, and August, there are um, three different 5Ks that you can run. And if you're listening to this on release day, you can still register for the, this competition um, where you're running digitally. Nope, that's not it. You're not running digitally. You're running in the real world, but you're running against other people. Um, and these race series are super, super fun. And so... The theme this summer is Marvel. It's actually celebrating Marvel's 80th year. Uh, and so there's these three races. The There is a Captain Marvel race, a, an Iron Man race, and then a Black Panther race. And if you run all three of them, if you do the, the challenge, which is the only thing you can still actually register for, if you register for this challenge, um, you get a fourth finisher's medal, which is celebrating Marvel's 80th year. And it is really, really neat. And if you've ever done any of the Disney races, you know they are super high-quality medals. Um, they're, they're, they're just really nice, good. They, they look great, and they'll hang really well with your other stuff. Um, so join us. Uh, I think, Patrick, you're, are you joining me on this, this deal? Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm checking out as we talk. Patrick right and now. I are are doing this. Uh, join the challenge. It's $145 for all four medals for all three races, and it goes June, July, and August. Um, uh, join the join the race. Have some fun with us. And maybe what we'll do is um, for the month June's going to be pretty crazy, but maybe the month of July and August we will set a day and we will announce it. And maybe all of you who are doing it with us can all run the same day. It'd be a lot of fun to, uh, to kind of come together and do the 5k. It doesn't matter if you're running an eight minute mile or a 20 minute mile, just get out there, complete the race and uh, get these really sweet medals. Um, so uh, the link for that is going to be in the show notes, but um, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. The, the design is really, really nice too of these different medals. Um, like I said, they are a, a great addition to your wall with any of your other artwork. Um, Patrick, you uh, mentioned something in way of design about the North Face ad. Why don't you tell us yes. a little bit about that? Really, really fun for those that haven't seen it. So um, North Face, uh, and, and you can find this video online. The the person that was in, in charge of the campaign posted a, a very proud video about what they did. I, I think he's probably regretting that a bit right now, but the video's out there. But the idea is they wanted to... Uh, you know, become number one in search results. If you went to Google and, and you looked for something outdoors, that North Face would be the top thing that came up. And so if you would go and you would search these uh, these sites, you know, if you go look up Yosemite or... or that's the only one I know. <laughs> sounded like you were going to go on a list there and then it was just that one. Yeah, I mean, there's more than one. There's a bunch. I could think of some, but they're not in but that why? right now. But why? This isn't that kind of show. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is if you search for these places, typically a Wikipedia article is what pops up. That's the first thing is a Wikipedia article. And the other thing is if people are planning on taking these trips, 
they tend to want to read about the location that they're going to. So the first thing, they don't just decide to show up and only research gear. They research the location. And a lot of people, their first dive into researching a location is looking at Wikipedia. And so what North Face decided to do is to send someone to all of these different locations and take really beautiful, high-quality photos of these locations with someone wearing or using North Face gear. Then they went onto Wikipedia and they replaced all of these images on all of these like national parks and things like that with pictures of people there wearing North Face gear. And then they did a podcast about it and and like or an article or something like uh, Ads Weekly or I don't know what these things are called and just and bragged about it, like put together a video talking about what they did and how, you know, now we're the number one in search results and we didn't have to spend any money on SEO and all this kind of stuff. Sure. And in the video, they list themselves as being partnered with Wikipedia for this project. Uh. Um, apparently, partner just means that they went and edited our articles themselves uh, because Wikipedia immediately responded back and said, Basically, thank you for posting this video. Now we know that you've abused our service and we can go in and delete all of these. Right. So, Doesn't, isn't that against their terms of agreement? Yeah, because you're using it, it, it as an ad platform instead of as an educational platform. And so, I love what Wikipedia did in this case, though, because the pictures are beautiful. They just went in and cropped out the people out of the pictures <laughs> and left all the pictures. So, well, because they posted it on Wikipedia and it is now a public. It's a public domain. So those yeah. photos have now become a public domain, right? That's and how that so works, right? Now Wikipedia has a bunch of beautiful pictures of all these great <laughs> Thanks places. Thanks for the photos, North Face. Uh, and there's now a Wikipedia article about the North Face ad campaign. Wow. And uh, there's been a lot of backlash to North Face. You know, this idea of when, you know, one of the things when you're like hiking and camping, you talk about leave no trace, like that's an idea. And so people are kind of attributing it to this. In some ways, North Face, who's all about like respecting the environment and, and not impacting it and not defacing it, just went to someone else's website and defaced it. Right. Virtually. They did, they did the, the, uh, the digital equivalent of pounding rebar into the side of a mountain to climb. Yeah. Right. So it's, um, yeah. Or like lighting 20 campfires or something. So <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, you but know, they it's look not, great. Yeah. It's an odd thing. You know, if they hadn't of told anyone what they did, my guess is it probably would have stayed for a pretty long time. I mean, the the North Face ads weren't they weren't super in your face. It's just like you would see the tag on someone's clothing or sure. the tag on a tent or something like that. You know, it's not like I, I know, would imagine they were they Memorial be, Day sale, nineteen dollars or something. Yeah. It's not like that. They'd be attuned to like an LL Bean catalog. Yeah, it's primarily the scenery, but you know that what that person is wearing is LL Bean because it's in a catalog marked LL Bean. But because they did the interview, because they published the video of how they did it, because they did these things, that's what kind of alerted everybody to what was happening. And they've received a lot of backlash for it. So um, whether or not you feel like them get some front lash. Yeah. Whether or not you feel like it was a genius idea or not. I know a lot of people are commenting like, man, that was genius. That was really smart thinking North Face. Can we please, please just have pieces of the internet that aren't for, like aren't covered with ads? I'm just, I imagine ads 
as I'm walking down the street and I just imagine if every building just had like all these like posters just pasted to the side of it, like how gross the world would look. And that's what the uh, internet you've, is. You've never been to New York City. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's just gross. So it's fine if you want to call it, if you want to say how smart it is or whatever, but we also do need to protect some of this stuff. Like we yeah, Leave no like, trace, people. Please leave no trace and please let's just remove some of, you know, on M of one side, I want to say that too. We've always been really careful. Like we've never used any ad platforms. We never use like, uh, you know, these like ad rotators and, yeah. and which is also whole... why we make zero money. <laughs> but yes, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually kind of fascinating how it works, how like the ad bidding works. But anyway, yeah. we've never put any of that stuff on our site. If we have an ad on our site, it is with a company that we've probably interviewed the person before, talked with them before. And we think that the thing they do is very closely related to right. us. It's useful to our community. But outside of that, I mean, we're not, we don't get like click through stuff because we put like, you know, we don't have Amazon links inside of our show notes and we're not, we're not using these like ad services and we don't do that stuff because we think it's gross. So even though it means we're not putting any money in our pocket, at least our piece of the internet's kind of clean. Yeah. So if you have a piece of the internet, please keep it clean. Keep it clean. All right. Uh, That's my only design thing. I have one Um, more design thing before we move off of it. All right, it's kind it of an event-based design thing. So uh, we've got some friends in the Disney sphere. This isn't news to anybody who's ever listened to our show before, but uh, the current pop-up Disney uh, display that's happening at Downtown Disney in California, Disneyland, is uh, featuring our favorite beloved Mickey Mouse, right? And so uh, he has celebrated his 90th birthday this past year. And so we've seen a lot of Mickey. We've talked about him a lot on the show these last few months um, because there's been a lot of stuff out there for it. Well, uh, this pop-up display uh, just came up in the last few weeks. And one of the main features in their their um, in their store where you can get merchandise is from our friend Jared Mariama. Um, and you know, we love him to death. And so, uh, one of our podcast listeners and friends of the show, Patrick, uh, Albatraz, <laughs> what's his last name? Azkaban. Is yeah, that what you call him? Is, that's what I call him. Azkaban. Yeah. Anyway, you may know him as Jedi Robbie's, um, that's way easier. W- went to the, uh, to the pop-up and, Came back with a whole slew of stuff for me, and I got a package in the mail a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to show you these, Patrick. I don't know if you've seen these. These are the the magnets, the magnet set. Oh, so it's, it's it opens. What's inside of it? All of the magnets. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was a giant no, magnet. No. There's there's six. There's five <laughs> magnets in here. It's that's um, just the box. It looks great. Yeah, it's great. It's really nice. So um, he also did a shirt, which I am now the proud owner of, which is cute and adorable and lovely and so nostalgic and all of the things that just make me smile and happy in my heart. And, uh, there's a print that is currently sold out, but they are, they're reprinting them. And there is, what else is there? Oh, there's a mug that he got me. Um, and there is like these like trays, like these, um, really nice, like, uh, acrylic trays that have the print on it, but it's Mickey Mouse and all these various different iterations with sprinkles and, uh, Mickey Mouse ears all behind it. And it's like Mickey Mouse through the years. So it's, it's the merchandise of Mickey Mouse specifically is what the piece is. Um, it's called iconic is the name of this particular piece. Um, and you will see it. It'll be in the show notes for sure. A link. You can't buy these anywhere, but the, 
pop-up Disney in Disneyland. And so they may release them later on through Wonderground because Wonderground is who is producing them. Is they, they Wonderground does most of, of Jared's stuff that's like this. Um, but right now you can't get it in Florida. You can't even get it in the parks. You can only get it at this this pop-up, um, this Disney pop-up display in Disney at Disneyland in downtown Disney. Ajahanian. That's my guess for how you say his last name. Ah, you're, I'm like, what, where does, what does that mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, so you should check that out. The, uh, the, it is going on now. I don't know when it's going to end. It doesn't have an end date on it, but it's from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. Downtown Disney. Tickets are separate to go to this, to go to this event. Um, but there's some really, really cool photo ops inside, some really, really cool, uh, uh, memorabilia and nostalgia and really cool stuff to play with and things when you're in that when you're at that exhibit and then again at the end the merchandise is fantastic so when are we going to disney february is that when we're going that disney whenever you're it's whenever you're no no whenever your race is i figure that's when we would go well that's disney world so this is at disneyland well never mind yeah garbage yeah so uh but i'll be going to disney world in january for the race january yes Okay, well, have, man, we have to get out to Disneyland too. Well, we have like to get we have to get to Disneyland for the fall. Have we been out to Disneyland this year yet? Not yet. Well, fall. I, we, we have been to Disney fall. World every fall. Okay, we every have to go fall. out this fall. So we'll be out there either for Designer Con or for Designer Con. Maybe we'll go for Designer Con. <laughs> Designer Con's fun, but we don't even know we need we don't even need to go in. No. We just want to be there while those people are there. That's exactly right. It's perfect. So um, um, I'm glad we had this conversation on air for everyone to hear. <laughs> if you haven't go, gone to Designer Con, it is it is a great time. I and yeah, also I'll we just I'll be at uh, the other thing in the fall Circles Conference. Anybody any designers are looking for a conference to go to? I will be at Circles, so uh, join me there. And uh, I'm at Layers right now when this show airs. So if you're at Layers, come find me. And if you're at Hang Time, which will also be going on right when this show airs, go find Blake Stevenson because he's there somewhere. So you might as well just go like punch him in the face or something. Tell him that we sent you. That we sent you. Um, okay, so a couple things real quick from Slack. Uh, we have a Slack community. If you haven't joined yet, just go to mf1.network. You'll see a Slack icon under Connect With Us. If you click it, it gives you an invite link. You're good to go. Uh, but a couple conversations happening in there this week. They've been talking about Galaxy's Edge like crazy. They've been talking about cell phone usage and uh, we have a lot of apparently elderly people in our slack by the way but we've been talking about cell phone usage and and you know and those damn kids (laughs) and those kids uh we've been talking about uh the the new uh show amblinesque with uh ferg and flory which is happening at bottleneck gallery that's been a topic of conversation we have people that are renovating arcade machines matt uh, just a ton of really cool stuff. So if you want to get in any of those conversations, just join us in Slack. Uh, I'm guessing that once everybody reads this piece about Robert Pattinson officially being Batman, that there'll be a lot of conversation happening about that as well. A lot so of just, people in great agreement. <laughs> so just jump in mf1.network, uh, click under con- uh, connect with us. Just click on the Slack icon, jump in Slack and start chatting with us. We're in there. We're hanging out. It's fun. Um, all right. I got to imagine we're leaving so much stuff on the table or off the table, but I, we've been talking for a long time. I think it's time for us to wrap this thing up. 
Exactly. Where where can people find us on social? You can find us on social at M of One Podcast on all the different platforms. You can find me personally at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. And I'm the great Patsby. That's with two A's. Uh, talk to us, send us stuff, yell at us, rate and review us on iTunes. Tell For us real, the, yeah. All that stuff. We're we have oh, we have some we have shows coming up, so you're gonna get an art department soon. We do. You're, you're going to get another after the film when I get back from traveling, uh, at least from this first trip. And the other thing is, there's some other shows in the works. Oh, there's a fantastic show that I am uh, currently planning out and working on that uh, I've teased it out to a few people. It's going to be a very, it's going to be a different kind of show for us, but it's going to be really helpful. And helpful. I believe it's going to it's going to tackle some some topics from a real place that will be. Um, hopefully really useful and helpful to everybody in our community. So it's going to talk about those nooks and crannies that every creative has that you don't talk about. Yeah. The crannies. That's what we're calling it. We're calling it the crannies, the crannies. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'm, uh, I'm just going to release a very angry show. Not long after it, where we just yell about stuff. Yeah. I've got that just, in the works. Yeah. It's going to be him. It'll be a video and it'll be him sitting on a porch on a rocking chair, <laughs> just yelling at kids with a stick and yeah. another thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if you want to do the races with the, the race series with us, the run Disney race series with us, hit us up and let us know so that we can so we can really plan out like a day where we all do this and uh, across the country and across the world um do a a podcast family race day i think that'd be a lot of fun so um for now though i think we're gonna get out of this episode i'm andrew i'm patrick bye for now go find a screen and sit in front of it <laughs> <laughs>